What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and uh, I don't remember the last time I was this excited to record an episode. Uh, One of the most positive uh, points of the year so far for the Sixers. Um, Six games, one in a row, all at home. Um, closing out their seven-game homestand tonight against the Clippers. We'll see how that one goes. But we'll start it out just, you know, a little quick overview of, you know, what's been going on the last couple weeks, uh, starting out with the absolutely unbelievable play of Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid started out the year a little bit weak, but, you know, was playing at an MVP caliber level. Then, of course, had that injury, missed a couple games, came back, and Joel Embiid, since the injury, has just been absolutely balling out, has played himself into the MVP conversation. Uh, I think he's sitting at number seven on the ladder right now, but uh, he's only going to go up from here. Joel Embiid is playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, In this recent stretch, Joel... uh, had another 50-point game, making him the only player in the NBA with uh, multiple 50-point games this season, putting up 30 in nearly every single contest, um, only missing it one time in this homestand so far, and that was against the Toronto Raptors, where he had 28. And yeah, Joel Embiid has just been playing absolutely phenomenal basketball. You know, he passes the eye test always. Um, there's not much to say. It's, you know, it's not it's not anything different from what Joel always does at this point. It's not surprising when he when he plays like this because Joel Embiid is you know second in MVP the last two years he's gonna finish top five in MVP this year I'm saying it right now uh barring injury of course Joel Embiid is just that guy you know there's nothing more to be said about it we're gonna move on and talk about players who have been a little bit more surprising either positively or negatively we're gonna start that out with max contract Tobias Harris Tobias Harris in the month of December has been absolutely ridiculous. Been shooting, what, around 60% from three. Hasn't missed a free throw. Shooting very high percentages from the field. Pouring in buckets, you know, the last couple games, 17, 21, 21, 17, uh, 27. Absolutely phenomenal uh, Tobias Harris has been recently. Getting it done on both ends of the court. We saw last year in the playoffs how good of a defender Tobias Harris can really be. And he's been putting that on full display as of late. But, um, of course, the three-point shooting is what's going to stand out more than anything because of how phenomenal he has been compared to what you'd expect from a guy like Toby. Look, there's nothing wrong with Toby usually. He's a solid player. But with Maxi out, Toby has really stepped up his game, which has been phenomenal to see. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that it's happened so far. Um, you know, we've seen Tobias struggle in the role where he's been asked to take more shots a lot of times, especially in the last couple, uh, two seasons. And it's been really nice to see Toby uh, reassuming a role of a decent amount of our scoring. Another thing that's been ridiculous in this uh, homestand for the Sixers has been James Harden, especially his playmaking. I mean, just look at the numbers, 12 assists, 16, 15, 9, 8. And that goes along with, what, his 20 points a game that he's been averaging, maybe a little even over that clip now. Yeah, averaging 21 on the season. So, yeah, James Harden has been stepping up in a big way. Of course, we know James Harden is is an all-star caliber player, uh, won an MVP, and, you know, he's not that out of his prime yet. Of course, he's not rocket James Harden, as we're going to say on the show almost every time we talk about him, because we need fans' expectations to be a little bit down. We did only trade, you know, Ben Simmons for him, and we see how Ben Simmons is playing. Not that it's been you know, horrendous, but you're not expecting to get 36 point per game, James Harden. And what we've got from James has been a new type of player, uh, unselfish, pass first, still that, you know, he's still got that explosiveness. When you need him to get you a bucket, he's going to get you that bucket. But the biggest thing about James Harden has just been his unselfishness and willing to do everything for the team. And that has just been absolutely awesome to watch. So shout out to James. I mean, playing absolutely incredible basketball recently. 
And, you know, of course, we can go throughout the roster, go through every single player and go through their positive negative as of recently. But, you know, and the Sixers are on a six game winning streak. Uh, you want to tend to step away from individual players because at the end of the day, you're going to have Joel Embiid scoring 40 points in losses. You're going to have James Harden having his amazing games. So what I really want to look at is why this team has been able to string together so many wins as of late. What have they been doing as a team? And I think the number one answer to that has been ball movement and camaraderie. The team looks you know, excited to play together. They get excited for each other. They've been making that extra pass recently, which sometimes has been a struggle for the Sixers. You know, you see two guys on a fast break and almost always you'll see the one guy with the ball handing it, giving it up to the other guy to get an extra bucket, uh, you know, get his assist and get the other guy his basket. So that's been phenomenal to watch, you know, just the the love for these that these guys seem to have for each other and the way they just play together instead of individual basketball. Look, Joel Embiid is going to score his 30 points a game, but that doesn't mean he's playing selfish or he's playing individual basketball. Sure, is there times that he could give the ball up on a uh, you know, a mid-range jumper or someone else has a three, yeah, but he's Joel Embiid. He's an MVP candidate, so you want him taking the shots that he's taking, and you love the way everyone around him adapts to that, specifically James, specifically Tobias, who's been spotting up in the corners and on the wings more to be available for Embiid, but not, you know, clogging up that lane, giving Embiid the space to work by himself. And then you go to the bench, you got Niang, you know, doing the same thing, just out there on the perimeter. You know, he knows his role phenomenally. Damwell House Jr. has been stepping up in a huge way recently. His defense is phenomenal his ball handling his shooting has gotten better uh, his aggressiveness is through the roof Montrez harrell who wasn't even getting minutes a couple couple weeks ago paul reed looked like the backup center lock and now Montrez comes in with this power this energy you know he's only six seven as a center so you really need that tenacity and that will to win that will to play hard and we've seen it and more from Montrez. so for the contract we gave Montrez, he's been absolutely uh, exceeding expectations um shake milton you know, doing his thing. One thing I've seen from Shake this year, which I really haven't seen as much in the past, is his ability as a playmaker compared to, you know, we know he has that shot. You know, he can he can get a bucket uh, every get hot once in a while. But the way Shake has consistently gotten his teammates involved and able to run that point off the bench, uh, especially while D-Mel is in the starting lineup with Maxi out, that's just been phenomenal. And uh, speaking of Tyrese Maxi, reports are saying that he should be back relatively soon. Um, you know, the, the, there's been a lot of conflicting reports uh, that said weeks at one point. They said it was day to day at some point. And uh, now it's looking like he'll be back probably a little bit after Christmas. So that timeline that was originally set looking like it might exceed that just a little bit. But at this point, when you're the Sixers, you're winning a lot of games. You know, you're looking like you're going to make the playoffs. You're, you're a contending team. You have James Harden and Joel Embiid, which I'll, I'll preach that them with a consistent uh, bench and role players is automatically a contender. So yeah, you're going to rest Tyrese Maxey these extra couple games because why wouldn't you? Why would you rush him back and, and ruin your chance for the second half of the season? So nonetheless, I mean, you know, I would love to see Tyrese back, but I'd much rather see Tyrese back healthy. And, you know, of course, it's great that the Sixers have been winning all these games, climbing, uh, you know, to get to near the top of the Eastern Conference. But the real question is how the Sixers are going to string together, you know, these big time wins against these big time opponents uh, when they get their full roster back, when there's no more excuses, uh, games on the road. Sixers need to keep this energy consistent because we've seen this a lot in, in many different seasons where the Sixers will get hot for a, a period of time, especially at home, lose one tough game, and then it's another downhill spiral. It's a really up and down roller coaster type of season. And the Sixers need to get to a point where they can play really consistent basketball, find their true team identity. And it looks like what they're doing right now, you know, building up this 
this aggressiveness, this defense, this teamwork. Like, this is the identity that the Sixers need to carry with them for the rest of the season. Once they get Tyrese Maxey back, they got to work him into this equation, you know, because at the end of the day, and beat your top scorer, James Harden's your ball handler. Tyrese Maxey's a guy who's been dropping, what, 23 points a game now, who you're going to try to add to this team who's already playing so well. So, of course, I'm not saying Tyrese Maxey getting added is a negative thing, but it's going to be really interesting to see how Doc Rivers is able to incorporate him, how he's able to incorporate Melton off the bench, how he's able to get minutes for everyone. So, you know, laying it out, starters are going to say the same. Once Maxi comes back, of course, he'll replace uh, Melton. And then the bench, Melton moves to the bench with Shake Milton, um, Damwell House, Niang, and Harrell. Ro- looks like the 10-man rotation. You got uh, Matisse, you got Furk off the bench. So I think uh, the, one of the biggest questions is, do you make any moves at the deadline? Do you make any moves, any roster moves, any changes? Or is this a team that's going to win you a championship? Because... It definitely has the ability to win a championship, but when you look around the NBA, you look at the Boston Celtics, you look at teams, you know, like the Clippers, who are just absolutely loaded, their roster. I mean, Sixers, probably a better team than the Clippers just because of injury at the moment, but um, yeah, when, when it's all said and done, there's a lot of teams that you can look at their roster and say that roster is better than the Sixers. So the real question is, do you trust Doc Rivers and this roster? You know, I feel like we've been we've been doing that year in, year out. You add maybe like a, a decent player or two, but I think there's a lot of questions for this trade deadline. Matisse Thibel, who's not even playing, you package him with some picks. Can you get a player that's going to play for you? Look, a lot of teams got these veterans. I'll say Terrence Ross's name as many times as I need to on this podcast because that seems like an obvious choice. But now, I mean, I've, I was preaching that for so long, but at the end of the day, we don't need that that scoring anymore. And, and the real question becomes, what benefits the Sixers the most at this point? What do they feel like is their biggest weakness? Because when you look at the team, James Harden, you have a, an elite point guard. You have an, the best center in basketball, uh, or Jokic, you know, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and debate that. But you have a top two center and MVP candidate. Um, you have Tobias Harris, who's shooting the lights out. Um, you have... P.J. Tucker, who just does all the dirty work, seems like his teams make a deep playoff run every single season. And then you have Tyrese Maxey. So when you look at that starting lineup, it looks really hard. You know, you're not going to replace someone there. And then you go to the bench and, and you really, you know, the Sixers seem to struggle sometimes on their bench against other units. But the real question is why? Because Melton is one of the best bench players in the NBA. Shake Milton has shown what he can do. Damwell House is just a dog. You know, Niang hits threes. Harrell, I mean, do you get a bigger center maybe off the bench? Is it that you get more options depending on your matchup? Or is it that you get the same rotation and just bolster it up a little bit and just make that every single game in, game out, let them get familiar with each other? And I don't really have, you know, a great answer to that because we've seen the Sixers try everything. We've seen the Sixers you know, with a great, we haven't seen a great bench from the Sixers. And I think that's really highlighted by the fact that I can sit here and get excited about having George Niang, Danwell House, Montrez, uh, Shake, and Melton, because we're not the best bench in the league and nowhere near it. Uh, Again, you look at the Clippers, you look at the Bucks. uh, There's a lot of teams with a lot of talent on their bench. And the question becomes, if you're the Sixers, what do you do about that? Because in terms of pure talent, the Sixers are not the best team in the league. In terms of coaching, they're not the best team in the league. They would really have to put something together that makes them different, that makes them special. Their playoff run would have to fall on the shoulders of Embiid being the best player in basketball, which I'm not saying he's not, but even if he does play like the best player in basketball, that's assuming James Harden plays consistently, Tobias Harris plays consistently, 
and I don't I just don't know the answer and it's going to be really interesting to see how the end of the season plays out and the final topic I wanted to touch on was the coaching situation um look they've been playing well recently Doc Rivers uh, I think he was in the hot seat a little bit for for a little bit there fans were starting to get a little worried there started to be some rumors swirling but as the Sixers continue to climb it doesn't look like Doc Rivers is going anywhere anytime soon and at this point they're going to ride out Doc for the rest of the year um, but again, another question arises. If the Sixers are a second-round exit, I, I would have to say that's the end of Doc Rivers. You can't keep doing you know, the second-round exit thing every single year. If you get to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose, maybe that becomes a question, but I think if you don't make it out of the second round once again, there's not much room for debate that uh, there needs to be some significant changes. Uh, and yeah, I think that's really all you can say uh, as of right now. So looking ahead, the Sixers have a very exciting Christmas Day game against the New York Knicks. I'm really excited for that one. Should be a really good time. And that starts the beginning of a four-game road trip. Uh, They play the Wizards, the Pels, the Thunder. Then they come home and play the Pels again. So definitely some tough teams. You know, the Pelicans have been playing absolutely phenomenal this year. Zion Williamson really stepping his game up. So that's going to be a good test for the Sixers. In terms of the Thunder and the Wizards and the Knicks, really like to see the Sixers string together some wins. Yes, the Knicks have been playing incredibly well, especially at home. But when you look at talent-wise, this is what I'm talking about. When you're the Sixers and you have that talent advantage, you know, if you're playing the Celtics, that's another story. If you're playing the Clippers, if you're playing the like teams like the Suns, then it's another story. You know, the Sixers got to gotta find their identity as a team, and that's how they win the game. But when you have the advantage in talent, you got to use that, especially when the team that you're playing does not have that elite center to guard and bead. Like the Knicks don't, like the Thunder don't, and even like the Pelicans don't. Valanciunas and Zion can put up a pretty good fight, but you'd think Embiid can have his way there, and uh, then you just got to worry about Zion. So, again, really excited for this upcoming stretch. Excited about this team because they have just been playing absolutely phenomenal. Um, Joel Embiid playing himself into the conversation for MVP. I said it last episode that he was going to climb the ladder, and I'm going to say it right now. He's going to climb even further. Next time I hop on this podcast, Joel Embiid will be in the top five. So thank you guys for listening as always, and make sure you keep trusting that process.